nice communities. So, Christmas. My title is Bethlehem Manger Baby, because I couldn't figure out how to put it in a sentence. <laughs> All good? All right. Can we turn to the next slide? It says, but you, O Beth Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me, one who is to be the ruler of Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from the ancient of days. So they basically prophesied the coming of Jesus 700 years prior to Jesus. You guys, did you guys know that? Yes. So Luke 2, verse 1. Now in the day... Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all of the inhabited earth. I want to be a good reader, so I'm trying. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to the Judea, to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem. Mmm. <laughs> because he was of the house and the family of David. In order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. She was about to give birth. I don't know why they said the days were completed. It's just to say she was about to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in the cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Did you like that? I tried to do it more like <laughs> no, you guys didn't get what I was doing. Huh? Thanks Josh. You're always good. Okay. So <laughs> thank you Jeremy. Thank you ja Jamie. Jeremy. So anyways um <laughs> I call Jeremy Jamie now. That's my new name for him. Because Asians don't know how to say Jeremy, so they just say, Jamie, Jamie. <laughs> so I'm going to call him Jamie. I'm going to call him Jamie from now on. So thanks, Jamie. Anyways, Jesus, in this whole passage, doesn't say a word. Jesus doesn't say a word. How many guys know that you can say so much without saying one word? Amen to that. I went to Tractor this week. You know Tractor? And then when we have our staff executive meetings, we order from Tractor. And then they always give me, I always order the braised beef bowl. And they give me the, they give me like a couple pieces. It's always $17 for two pieces of meat. I always feel like a little gypped off. I mean ripped off. So I went there and I stood there while she was, you know. You know how you're putting in the meat? I just gave her the signals without words. <laughs> I communicated <laughs> with my eyes, with my mask on. Just and then I just kept communicating to her, more meat. And sure enough, <laughs> she would put more meat. And I said, more carrots. <laughs> In my mind. And then she literally, I'm not joking, guys. <laughs> I was so shocked at my powers. <laughs> She literally went and then took out some of the meat and then put, put carrots in because I had a lot of meat already. 
And then I'm like, oh, it's missing some potatoes. <laughs> some potatoes. And sure enough, she went in again. <laughs> and I was covered in meat, potatoes, and carrots. And I looked at her. I told my wife, look at this bowl. Look at this bowl. I communicated with her without words. <laughs> you say a lot when you do things. And you don't have to speak. Your actions speak louder than words. Like my student gave me a bubble tea when I was teaching in person. They ran out during break and gave me a bubble tea and put it on my desk. And I said, thank you. That's the thought that counts. But you didn't listen to a word I said this whole semester. (laughs) I kept telling them bubble tea could cause you cancer. It's bad for you. (laughs) And then they got me bubble tea. Either they want me to get sick or they didn't listen to the whole class. (laughs) So they don't. It says a lot. A guy was wearing shorts when it was snowing. And I looked at it, and I'm, I'm like, he misses summer. Or unless he has, like, super God-given Teflon skin. So something is being said. Jesus is speaking. God is speaking without words. Oh, you Bethlehem. Small. The word small, it could be very, it could, in the Hebrew, it could mean small, little, or the root word meaning despise. Just like in Psalm 119, 141, it says, I am small and the same word despised. So he came to the city. It was prophesied 700 years ago that the God who will save the universe will come to a small, insignificant, despised city. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? That's speaking volumes. When I was driving up here from Bank- I mean, California with my three-month-old uh, three son, we're driving up. We drove like 10 hours the first go-around. He was like crying in the back. I said, we got to make it. We got to make it out of California. So we went all the way, but we couldn't. He was crying so loud. He said, we have to stop. And we stopped in a city called Redding. You guys know where Redding is? Where Bethel is. House of God, Bethel. You know the Bethel with all the music you listen to? <laughs> you guys know? Bethel. We've been to, we passed through Reading and we stopped at like the Holiday Inn in Reading and we said, what kind of city is, we got to get out of here. There's nothing here. <laughs> and there was a lot of people who didn't look like us. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and I got a little bit like, we're in Northern California. There's a lot of people with guns here. Just go to sleep and leave. And we left. And the next town over was called Weed. (laughs) W-E-E-D, California. And I'm like, what? Redding and Weed. They named the town after either a drug or a weed that comes out of the ground that you're trying to get rid of. What kind of Weed and Redding? But out of Redding, came is like a church they're just building a church that's 10,000 seat capacity they've taken over the whole city you go into a restaurant you're like hey and they'll say they'll say we're 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 part of the staff at ready i mean bethel they opened up restaurants they've taken over the whole city the city gave them a certificate of appreciation for the work that they've done in the city the businesses and the economy has been, ri- has been raised just by this one church. 
So they love it when there's conferences. Oh, all those Christians are coming. The city's economy <laughs> will go up. You guys understand? Out of nowhere, music and words have come spread all over the world. That's the way God does it. Out of insignificance, out of nothing. That's ex nihilo. That's in the Greek. It means out of nothing. That's what like, God likes to do. He created the world out of nothing. Ex nihilo. That's fancy seminary words for you. That's like free education I just gave you. Out of nothing. He creates something out of nothing. That gives you hope. You don't need no special pedigree or something like you need all these education. All that. Yeah, those things help. But out of nothing, God can make something amazing. You guys understand what I'm trying to say? And then he went to a city called Bethlehem. And I alluded to it last week. Beth, Beth, Lechem. Beth, Lechem. Bethlehem, house of bread. <laughs> he went to a city like nowhere and went to the house of bread. How many guys like bread? <laughs> no, we, we don't, uh, that was a trick question. We're Asian. We're supposed to like rice. <laughs> so when they said Bethlehem, it's like God said, I'm going to send Jesus to the house of rice. Do you understand? It's, it's not just fancy. It's not fancy, like, what is that special bread that we buy, honey? Sourdough bread, fancy artisan bread. This is common, like, wonder bread. Do you understand? This is like the matzah bread that everybody ate. It's the common bread for everybody. It's available for everyone. It came from a place of insignificance to a place, uh, and then he, named, he went to a place called House of Common Bread so that it's available for anyone. He could have went to the House of Caviar. <laughs> he could have went to the House of Ginseng Chicken. <laughs> you, go to, you go to Surah, and then you eat. I, we don't go to Surah anymore because they're, okay, I don't want to disparage any restaurants but the ginseng chicken is like 28 dollars it's like ginseng and chicken you boil it it's a special i don't ever eat i used to eat that when i was a kid when i was like if i was sick my mom would buy that you know it's like the special it's like the it's like the how i've been hearing my daughter send pictures because somebody special took her to the house of alisa it's the steakhouse. The steaks cost like $75. The lowest, le- like the lowest level steak is probably like this thick. It's $75. And then she sent me pictures. She's like, OMG, Dad. And she always sends me pictures. Why are you sending pictures of the things that I want to eat? Last Christmas, she went to a Christmas party to somebody else, somebody's special friend's house. And then it was like a feast. And then she took pictures and videos. And like, Dad, look what you're missing. Like, why? Why do you do that? <laughs> but the house of, this is not the house of Alyssa, where the steak costs $75, where you cannot go. I will not even go. I will refuse to pay $75 for a steak unless somebody gives me a gift card. <laughs> do, do, you, do you understand? This is not. This is not the house of caviar. 
quail eggs. This is the house of common bread. God is saying, I came to a place of insignificance that nobody would think I would go there, and I came to a place where it's available for everybody. And even the shepherds hosted me, the shepherds that despised, the person, people who th- uh, thought that people thought the shepherds were despised because they handled sheep and they were dirty and defiled. And so the people who hosted Jesus were defiled, dirty, insignificant, common people. I don't know if you guys are understanding. And he came to a manger. I just want to let you know, nobody cleaned up the manger before Jesus came. It was dirty. It was foul. It was smelly. There is no place on the planet that can technically hold the king of the universe. Even our heart, no matter how pure and how good you think you are, it's not because of our sinfulness. We are imperfect. We cannot contain the presence of God. Jamie, (laughs) would you drink this water? Don't just go. (laughs) Would you drink this water? Looks clean, right? Elsie, it looks clean, right? Doesn't it look good? Doesn't it look good? <laughs> Would you drink this water? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, you <for> pres- <laughs> Thank you for participating. <laughs> you drink this water. It looks good. It looks pure. doesn't look like the waters that I pick up from Africa. I mean, school from Africa. It just looks normal. But if I got this water from a toilet bowl, would you drink it? Because the container is dirty. You can look good on the outside, but if your container is dirty, the water is contaminated. You cannot ask the king of the universe to come into your imperfect heart. That's why Christ came to change our hearts. The story of the baby Jesus is not about the dirtiness of the manger. It's about God choosing to enter our foul, stinky manger. The story of Christ is not about how the dirty the world is or how dirty we are or how foul our hearts is. It's a story about how Christ removes the foul through his presence. Through his blood. I don't know about you. That's good news. Because I'm foul mouth. Sometimes I've lived a foul life. I still do sometimes. I have a foul heart. If, I, if you guys saw me during the week, there's times I'm like, oh my gosh, that's our pastor. We were talking with, I think, with uh, Jenny and... Uh, Calvin, they came over, and then they wanted, they're so curious about my old life. <laughs> and then while I was telling them old life, Jenny's face was like, she kept going, mm, 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 but in her, I could see in her eyes so much shock. <laughs> oh my gosh. And Calvin was like, okay, okay, okay. But he was also looking at me like, who are you? 
the reason I understand the gospel is because I know myself. I know the kind of life I lived. The foul mouth I had. You can ask my wife. She's like, your mouth is so foul. <laughs> that God uses his foul mouth to speak the gospel is insane. If you just knew me back then, if you knew what I put in my mouth, if you knew what I did on the weekends, if you knew what I did with my, if you knew how I spoke, you would just, you would think, what, this guy's not, he's just a gangster. He's a gangster wannabe who gets A's in school. He's just a wannabe student, but he's a gangster in real life. Do you understand? How God uses someone like me is beyond mind-blowing. I am amazed that he allows me to speak the gospel every Sunday. I'm amazed. So, he came to a place of insignificance that's common to a dirty place, to people who are unworthy. So God chooses you. It's not about how stinky we are. It's about the aroma of Jesus that covers our stink. In the manger, nobody was focusing on the manure. Come on, somebody. You don't go to a manger and if there's Jesus Christ... People are not focusing on the poo-poo. People are not focusing on the crap of your life. Excuse my language, but that's, that's just me being real. We, as a church, should not be focused on people's crap. We should be focused on Christ in them that covers their crap. How you smell, how you smell people is very important. Do you smell the foul or do you smell Christ, the aroma of Jesus? That's what makes a true church. We cover. God is covering them through the aroma of Christ as they are being transformed. So somebody asked me yesterday, can you tell me all the weaknesses in me? Can you tell me like my strength but also my weaknesses? I choose to see your strength. I choose to see Christ in you. The hope of glory. This is all kind of like my introduction, but I'm going a little too long. Do you focus on Christ in people or the crap? Do not focus on the crap. I'm saying crap too much. <laughs> but trying to make the point. <laughs> what was the sermon about this Sunday? Don't focus on poo-poo. <laughs> and God is sleeping. Well, I like to, he doesn't say in the Bible he's sleeping, but I like to allude... I like to imagine that baby Jesus was very restful and sleeping, lying in the middle of the manger. It's very interesting that Jesus came as a baby and the time had come for the baby to be birthed. It was time. And during that time, King Herod, and others were trying to stop this process from being completed. But yet, the baby came. Not even the king and the Roman Empire could stop the baby from coming. I don't know if you guys ever been in a room where a woman is trying to, not trying, is going to give birth. How many of you guys have been in the room? Nobody. 
but I have. <laughs> I've been in the room twice. You cannot tell the woman to stop. <laughs> she's, about to she's about to come. The baby's about to come. You cannot tell her, can you wait one hour while I go eat some Chinese food? <laughs> can you stop right now? Can you stop it? Can you hold it? You can cannot. I remember when, Son when Sonia was giving baby to, uh, birth to Zachary, um, she was feeling no pain until the 10 centimeters. You guys know that? It's a miracle birth. She was reading a magazine until 10 centimeters. People came and doctors were like, so many people checked her and they're like, she's, yep, nine centimeters. And then she's like reading a magazine. And then the doctor came and she's, she reamed out all the nurses, are you guys dumb? She actually started yelling at them. Look at her, she's not obviously, she's obviously not gonna have birth any moment because she is in no pain. And they were like, please check her. Dr. Grubb, please check her. She checked her and then her face, she was, she was a white lady and her face went whiter than white. You were about to give birth. Do you feel any pain? She's like, no little discomfort, but I'm good. <laughs> and the doctor's like, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to go to sleep for an hour. <laughs> and said, if you're going to go to sleep, I'm going to go get some Chinese food because I'm really hungry. So I went with my friend to eat some Chinese food. Came, <laughs> came back in an hour, and my wife, she still remembers, she's like, you left me. You left me at my crucial hour. But I said, you weren't in any pain. You were reading a magazine. Came back, and all I heard was, <laughs> because she gave her some drugs to induce labor. And when I saw her, um, she was screaming so loud, and she was pulling my fingers like she's literally she's going like this, <laughs> breaking my fingers like she was gonna. T it's like you know, wishbone in a turkey. She's like, <laughs> she's like doing this. And I'm like, being a good husband, just break it, break it. It's fine. <laughs> and it took about an hour for him to come. And when he came, I was like, this really happened. I can't believe this happened. It happened so fast. I wanted to, like, slow it down. This is my first one. Like, can you slow that process down? But it just, <laughs> it just came. <laughs> I cannot tell her to stop. I don't know why I'm telling you this whole thing, but the whole point is you cannot stop the coming. God had a plan. He was going to do it. The baby is coming. The symbol of the baby is like it's coming. It could have come any other way. You could have discovered baby Jesus in a cave at the age of 12. Like, oh, there's Jesus. He came. No, he came through a baby because God is giving you, he's sending you a message. There is something that's being birthed in your life and it's coming. There is something that's God put a seed in your life from your birth and a destiny and a purpose, and it's coming. Nothing can stop it. No powers, no governments, no, no words, nobody, not even your parents can stop the purposes of God if you allow him to be birthed in you. So don't worry about what's happening in your life. Don't worry about where you are. Don't worry about if you're in a manger. Don't worry about if you're just a common person. Don't worry about if you don't have any pedigree. If you don't have any degrees, you're still working on this, working on that. What am I going to do with my life? What is my destiny? Don't worry about it. What is that going to do? He's going to go work. What is his whole purpose for life? I don't know, but it's all good.
because God put a seed of destiny in his life, nothing can stop it. You guys understanding <laughs> what I'm saying? Some of, guys, some of you guys focus on the baking soda. <laughs> Jenny's like, hmm? What, what do you mean? The baking, you know the baking soda? You don't, you don't eat the baking soda and go, wow, this is cake. But the baking soda is crucial to the cake. Don't deconstruct your life into parts and go, this is my life right now. And focus on, and think that your life is just baking soda. It has to be all mixed together in time to make a cake. So don't be focused on the baking soda. My life is so bitter and sucks. What is this? Oh, that part is so crucial to the cake. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so all that to say, I got 10 minutes. Your life is supposed to be a prophetic statement to the world without words. So if you're ashamed, if I've gone through things. I've had family tragedy. I have family issues. I have this. I have that. That's all. It's like, I don't, I don't want to say it's your badge of honor, it's, but it's, it's like your crown. It's your badge. God is going to use all that to make cake. You guys understanding? You should not be ashamed of the things that you've done. Those are all, as you repent, as you've gone through the process, those are all things that God's going to use to fulfill your destiny. You may feel small, you may feel dirty, you may feel common, feel ordinary. But what is our response? Laugh. <laughs> you guys are like, what? <laughs> I will show you. This is my big closing. What is our response to all that? The world is telling you you're dirty, you're small, you're insignificant, you have nothing. All you got for your life is baking soda. <laughs> Bitter. What is, what is our response? We laugh. Zephaniah 3.17, it says, The Lord God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save, like Jesus. He will rejoice over you with gladness, and he will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. And that word gladness, if you actually go look at the root word of that, it could also mean like a horse that's leaping. <laughs> that's the kind. Of I'm trying to give you a picture like a horse going. <laughs> Let this imagery, I know it's kind of funny, be born into your heart and your mind. The Lord is rejoicing over you like a horse so happy to see you. Woo! <laughs> and he will exalt the word exalt is it can also be translated to shriek ecstatically ah! he's so happy it's like when I see my daughter when I haven't seen her in a while she's studying for exams when I see her I'm like ah! so happy The same word could be leaping. So it's like this horse goes, ah, ah, leaping. 
That's the Hebrew. I paid $60,000 to learn that. $2,000 Bible program to learn that. Don't fact check me with Google. Google is not worth $2,000, my Bible program. That's Jesus. Proverbs 8, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily in his delight, rejoicing before him always. This is, so, this is happening continuously all eternity. And this is talking about wisdom, talking about the divine, the Trinity, God the Father and the Holy Spirit rejoicing together. Rejoicing, delighting in the children of men. The word for rejoicing can also mean laugh. Why, be, why is God laughing all the time? Because it says here, they're laughing. Ha, 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 ha. In heaven, they're like rejoicing all the time. It says always, daily. They're looking at each other going, the Trinity going, ha, 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 ha. They're laughing in the face of the enemy. They're like, the enemy is trying to stop Jesus from being birthed, the future salvation of mankind being birthed, the destiny of my son being birthed. And God is up there and like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yes! I'm trying to give you a prophetic image of what's happening in the heavenly realms because you guys think he's worried up there because of this Omicron and the world. It's like, if you are not matching what is happening in heaven, you are not in the presence of God. Not yes, our flesh worries and our concern that fear wants to take over. But I always try to pray, read, and go up to heaven. And what is God doing? Ha, ha, ha. There they go again, trying to stop my purposes. <laughs> I got this. When I see you, ah, I'm so happy. Oh. Nothing can stop it because God is God and he will fulfill what he wants to do. That's the story of Christmas. Nothing, no manger, no dirtiness, nothing, no small insignificant city, no manure. No crap. Nothing. Small little baby is going to come, and that baby will save the whole world. See, I got a way. Don't worry, nothing's going to stop it. So, you want to join me? You want to see what I'm doing in heaven? Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. That's the real Santa Claus up there. Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. It's all good. I got it. Can you guys, you, you guys want to stand up? You want to try that with me? Because, can stand up. I wasn't going to actually go into this detail, but I felt like today, prophetically, I even felt a little cloud trying to hang over my head trying to ruin Christmas. <laughs> I had a staff meeting this <laughs> last month, and they said, what, did you, what would you like prayer for, Steve? And I said to 
you know, people were there. There was a, you know, a ch uh, campus chaplain. And I said, I wish I could have a good Christmas this year. 2019, my father died. And then we went to Hawaii to forget about it. <laughs> forget about Christmas because I'm like, <laughs> it was sad. 2020, COVID happened. I didn't even get to see my family. I'm like, hi, outside the door, exchange bagels. I went all the way to Surrey. I told my wife, we went all the way to Surrey for this. We could have just mailed them the cards. And I said, I I'm just hoping that this year will be a good year where we can just enjoy some turkeys and prime rib. And but it might not happen. But you know what? I'm <laughs> you know what? God reminded me of. son <laughs> ho 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 ha 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 so I know you guys are like this is really weird <laughs> but I want you to try it <laughs> there you go it always happens when I preach the sermon not in Christmas I preach some other things like God laughs and then there's always a couple of people going, ah, oh, they break out into laughter. <laughs> you know that laughter actually has known psychologically to bring healing. Yeah. That's why I watch like comedies. Just just silly laughing. Just <laughs> and then my wife's like, that's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just it it it's called cognitive dissonance. You may be feeling something, but if you're laughing, your brain is like, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? And so either you're a psychopath or your brain has to adjust. Well, something must be good then. That's cognitive dissonance. It's like when my mom, after she hit me, said, kiss me. You're a bad son. Okay, now kiss me. I'm like, I don't want to. Right now I hate you. But she, went, she said, kiss me or I'll hit you more. So I would kiss her. And then she would make me like, stay there for a long time and my brain is doing something weird and I usually laugh or like this is so weird my brain and then I went to the university I went oh cognitive dissonance because my brain cannot stay in that same state if I'm doing something else so especially for people who feel a little down I want you to can we have some music okay let's just start off with Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Okay, let's just do I know this sounds silly. Let's just do it one time together like ha ha ha. One, two, three. I can't see your face, but can you just smile? Your crown you, can't, you can't smile and feel sad at the same time. Do you know that if you, somebody is turned around and I see their back and they're smiling, naturally I'm, I have more affinity towards that person, even though I can't see their face. They're emanating a presence. The king of all kings came to see. 
So, why don't we smile? Lift up our hands. Smile. It's a good day. It's a good season. God is in control. He is in ultimate control. Nothing's going to stop what He wants to do in our lives in Rain City. Nothing. Nothing is going to stop that. You guys with me? You guys with me? Ha ha ha. God is laughing. Dang it, you guys, I don't know if you understand. He's smiling. He got it. So stop walking around like you're gloomy. He got it. He got it. So we thank you because you laugh in the face of the enemy. The enemy is throwing so much stuff at us and the world and so many thoughts and, the, and insecurities and opposition and diseases and viruses and wars. But you're in heaven, unfaced. Though you are concerned with the affairs of man, that you, you laugh in the face of the enemy because you got it. You've had it planned all along. You're going to work it all out. So we don't focus on the baking soda. We focus on the cake that is coming. So we give you all the glory. And this Christmas season will be the best season ever. And we will rejoice. And we will leap like horses and shriek with joy and shout and laugh in the face of the enemy. Oh yeah, I'm going to have the best season ever. Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know.